Yes, I know I said that Airport 1980 Concorde was blooming terrible. Yes, I know, I know. Stay with me on this, though. Just, just, just hang, hang on, hang on, hang fire. Hang fire, because there's, um, the one before it, 1977, is a lot better. No, it is. I, hear me out. Why? Well, a couple of reasons, really. The first reason is Jack Lemon. Okay, you've got your big star there, Jack Lemon. I'll say it again, it's Jack Lemon. And although he's hiding behind a tash, almost as, as if to say, they won't recognize I'm doing this movie if I wear a mustache. He's a big draw, he's a good actor, and you wouldn't normally put him in a disaster movie. And I'll tell you what, it's almost as if he said, I've never done a, a sort of disaster movie come action hero role. I want this and I'm all in. Because he really bloody is. Now, another reason is because what you don't get here is the we're all in economy in seats either side of a central aisle. They've done everything they can with that. They went back to it in Concord um, 1979, whatever it was. And we had the plane splitting up and all that kind of stuff. And the... Um, and, and you know all that kind of kind of shenanigans and so you did see the corridor and there's people walking up and down and the, it's difficult to kind of it's difficult for them to have any kind of fear apart from I can't get out of my seat and I need to be in brace position apart from Eddie Albert whose seat gets blown into a little hole and he looks like he's sitting on a potty this one is a specially created airline it looks to be um, owned by James Stewart and um, he's slumming it James Stewart it, there's quite a lot of times when he's watching a screen and he has to he has to be reacting and he's it doesn't seem as if he's completely completely in the moment shall we say you know um, but he had some gravitas as well you know, his scenes are done separately because he's on the outside. A bit like, you know, um, Robert Vaughan in the later one, you know, and uh, Heston and Lancaster in the earlier ones. It was those two, wasn't it? Yeah, inevitably. This one is more of a kind of rich person's play. So that aside, it has a... Um, a bar. It's all set really. The whole thing's really set in the sort of lounge. So all the characters are sitting around in the lounge. They're playing cards or they're listening to the piano. There's a pianist there, which was um, parodied in The Big Bus, which actually comes just before air Airplane, doesn't it? So I think it's the first of these parody movies, a disaster movie. It's uh, about a nuclear-powered bus. And there's... Um, there's a, a lounge pianist there who wants to be current, so he's listening in on people's conversations. And one guy says to the other, "Why are you? Why are you? Why did you take this trip?" He said, "Well, my doctor's given me six months to live, and it's terrible." And the lounge pianist immediately strikes up, six months to live. That's all they gave him." So you've got a, you've got a pianist here. I think he's blind. I think in this one he's blind. You can't really tell from the work, but I think he is. And um, you've got somebody serving drinks, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So there's lots and lots of furniture for people to get hit by. Heavy furniture. And it opens things up a little bit better. So you'll want to know the plot, won't you? 
now. The whole thing about 1970, 1970, the 1977-777 movie is that it's stacked full of priceless paintings and they fly over the Bermuda Triangle. Now, you might expect that the Bermuda Triangle, it makes planes disappear, Bermuda Triangle. You might expect that that would be the reason why the whole thing came to a grinding halt or there were problems with the plane. Not exactly, because that's too simple for an airport movie. There are terrorists on board as well, and the co-pilot, Robert Foxworth, who often played sleazy, naughty gentlemen in Falcon Crest, remember that awful wine soap, and in Omen 2, remember that? Yeah, not as good as Omen 1 or Omen 3 in my view, not nearly as good. He's in on the action here, and you've got people who are, who are stewards, who then knock people out with gas, and then uh, steal the priceless artifacts. Of course, they don't get to do that because this is just one part of the plot. When Bobby Foxworth is flying the plane because Jack Lemmon, who's in charge of the whole thing, is going out to see the passengers and then gets knocked out himself by the guards, he drops down low to land on a private island. Are you keeping up with this? Yeah. Which puts him in range of the Bermuda Triangle. Now, you could just say, and suddenly the whole, everything starts going haywire, all the instruments start reading differently, and he crashes. You could say that. That could happen. They don't do that. That's too simple as well. Why have it in the Bermuda Triangle if all you're going to do is have them clip an oil rig? What, what, why? Why in the Bermuda Triangle? I suppose it's a selling point, but they don't do anything with it. So what happens is, and this is a nice a nice plot twist, actually. It, it's, it, it hits the water, but it's submerged on a sandbank. This adds mild peril because you can see that the water is coming in. And there's uh, the, the two mates who... The, the, everybody's woken up by now, by the way. Some people are dead because they've been hit by heavy scenery. And some people are injured because they've been hit by heavy scenery. So, including the pianist, who's just professed his love for another passenger. Do you know? Ooh. It's always happening to me, that blind pianist pro professes his love and then dies. Happened to me last Thursday. Damn you, Bermuda Triangle! So, there's quite a, there's quite a lot of, um, of casualty going on. Quite a lot of screaming and... Kensington Gore, open wounds and all that kind of stuff. Particularly the barman whose leg is all messed up. Yeah, fix me a screwdriver. Hop to it. <laughs> you see. <laughs> now, Jack Lemon decides I got to control this because he's in control of the ship, of course. So he enlists the help of his mate Darren McGavin, who—that's the actor who played uh, in Colchat, the Night Stalker. Remember that? actually all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't a bad series. Okay, so he's Stambuchek and they go to check <laughs> which parts of the ship are underwater and some are, luckily, the cargo hold isn't. But it could move at any moment and they can see the water outside. Occasionally, it looks like a picture of the water. That's not very good. But when you see the the, um, the plane 
up top. I know it's a model submerged in some water, but it sounds, it looks all right, you know. It's not bad at all. So, they have to deal with Foxworth. Oh, no, they don't. He's dead. They have to deal with those terrorists. Oh, no, they don't. They're all dead. I mean, that, you know, that's good to do because the plot's convoluted. It really is. And no one knows they're there. Step forward, Captain Gallagher. Jack Lemon. You wouldn't expect him to do this. He's a, he's a keen amateur diver. So he has to dive down and then um, inflate a dinghy and then come up. I don't think this was done in the tank at Pinewood. This looks like it was done in the North Sea. It looks grey and cold and he's wet through, of course. So he comes up through the sea onto the dinghy and, and gets a, a signal for them to be saved. Now, how are they going to do this? I'm going to put a big winch under the under the plane and pull it up. That was my idea. But no, they're going to put some balloons under and then inflate them and see if that works. And who's going to help them do it? Captain Gallagher. Because he may be a, an inexperienced diver, but he knows the plane better than anybody. God damn it. And no one's going to be saved from that plane. Particularly not his love interest, Brenda Vaccaro. Remember her? Never really that keen. As Eve Clayton, the hostess, nobody's going to be safe from that plane without him being there. And indeed, that's what happens. He's a right action man. He takes control, he neutralises the threat, and he helps them to save the plane. I'm not spoiling anything, but when I say the plane is saved, only just, they only just get people out. And unlike um, Concord, the, the one after it, you do actually see people talking afterwards. You see Lemon and Vaccaro saying, well, you know, we're still in love and we should go for, a, for something to eat. Yes. So you do see some of the passengers talking, unlike the next one, where there's an explosion and the credits roll. What happened to them all? We don't care. But here, they finish it off nicely. Now, some of the stars you've got, Olivia de Havilland, who's um, just a sort of a sort of boozy card playing broad, but with more gentility than that. Got Joseph Cotton, as Nicholas sent down the third. Joseph Cotton, I'm never really keen. Lots of teeth and not much else. And uh, he's a love interest for her, because they used to know each other, you'll see, and they get together a bit. Christopher Lee, who's Martin Wallace, a kind of scientist philanthropist, or ecologist, one of those, with Lee Grant as his uh, scold of a wife, of course gets killed. Later on we just see a, a sight of a hand outside lots of furniture and by the rings you know it's her. We don't even see her get killed. Of course she's dead. She's a scold. You've got Gil Gerard. Biddy 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 biddy. But Rogers as was. Oh as came to me. Pamela Bellwood who used to be in uh, in Dallas or was it Dynasty? Oh one of the two. And M. Emmett Walsh is in there as one of the doctors who's doing a sterling job trying to patch everybody up. So you don't get an enormous amount. Oh, James Booth is in there. Great English actor, James Booth. Did some wonderful stuff. Look him up. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll notice him. And George Kennedy's in there. Of course he is. He's in all of them, isn't he? As Joe Petroni. Doesn't get to do anything in this. He gets to fly the plane and roll it in Concord. In this one, he just gets to kind of wander around saying, I'm sure they'll be okay. They're not okay. Oh, well, never mind. I thought they would be okay. I'm sure they'll be much better. Are they not? Oh, well, never mind. He's just walking through aircraft hangars most of the time. 
looking on. But this movie's a lot better than I expected it to be. There are some red herrings. There's no reason for it to be the Bermuda Triangle unless you're getting bums on seats because you've said something about the Bermuda Triangle happens and then people are disappointed. They're bound to be disappointed, aren't they? Yes. And apparently, the, the way that they were um, rescued is actually something that happened. The Navy do utilise that kind of escape method. Yes. When it was shown first on uh, NBC in 78, that's 70 minutes of extra outtakes and footage, especially for TV. Blimey, bet that was a bore. Imagine Joseph Cotton for 70 minutes. Ooh, blimey. It was, uh, it did okay. You know, it, it, it grows 91 mil. I suspect that that's quite a nice little, um, yeah, it is. The budget was six mil. That's a very nice return, and it's actually okay. Mainly because of Jack Levin, who's a good actor, so he can handle all the emotional stuff, and an action hero. Who'd have thought of that, eh? And we haven't got Eddie Albert on a potty, so that's good. Ta-ta.